Well, it's been four years since we opened our church doors down at the liquor store, and uh, it's, it's been an incredible four years. Yeah. I'm, it's a happy anniversary, second chance. I, it's, it's been fun to celebrate all weekend long, and it's going to be fun to celebrate tonight. And then for the fifth year anniversary, I don't, we gonna, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm, I was trying to think of something, but I don't know what we're going to do because we, we were packed this morning. It's like, we got this great building, and we're packed, and we had to start this service, and this service, this service is starting to get more full. We had some people coming to this service going, I like this service because there's not as many people. Yeah, that's not going to work out for you because this one's going to fill up too, all right? So, but, but we, let's be excited, right? Everybody in this room, no exception, and everybody watching online right now, we, we have a date or dates in our life that, that means something to us personally, that we can remember that specific date. And it, it might not mean a lot to other people, but it means a lot to us. Maybe it's the birth of your, your first child, or, or maybe, um, like for me, I remember January 1st, 1982. I remember it very well. And the re reason I remember it is because me and my mom and my dad and my Uncle Charles and my Aunt Edna I knew you were going to laugh because Aunt Edna, wow. I got some Aunt Edna stories, y'all. She's, she, anyway, another time. We were in Miami, Florida, and we, that's where we watched Clemson um, win their first national championship. They beat Nebraska 22 to 15 in the Orange Bowl. And the re reason I, some of y'all are like, you just wanted to get the Clemson jab in there. You're kind of right. But the, the reason I remember that trip so well, it's, it's one of the last trips I got to take with my mom before she went to be with Jesus. And and so that's a, that's a special date for, for me because we were there together. Another date, though, um, and, and listen, I don't expect most of you to, to know this date. I don't expect you to, to remember what you were doing on this date. If we're honest, most of us have a, have a hard time remembering what we were doing last week. So I, some of us <laughs> yesterday. Um, but this date means something to me. It's, it's May 14th, 2021. And... Like I said, some of y'all are like, May, what, May 14th? Don't, don't worry about it, because I'm going to let you in on why it's a special date for me, because it's the date it's that I married Shannon. Now, let me, let me kind of set up the, the story for a minute, because, um, and I'm not going to tell the whole story. I'm going to say a lot of it for the relationship series, but I need to cover a 30,000-foot view so you can, it, it's a metaphor tonight, so you see where we're going. Um, Shannon and I met because of the COVID. And so I'm, I'm kind of thankful for, for, for the COVID because it, it brought us together. We, we got to get back because our church opened back up um, after about, how long were we closed? Eight weeks, 12 weeks, eight weeks? After about eight weeks, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I think they're making this stuff up. Like most of the stuff, and they came out and admitted it. The whole social distancing, six foot, you know how they got that? They're like, what do we need? Six foot? Let me see what I can pull out of here. Yep, six foot, because that, that, that's where they got it from. They've admitted it. So, so I was like, let's just, let's just be adults. Let's open the doors. If people want to show up, they can show up. If they don't feel safe, they can stay home, and let's just treat people like adults, you know? And that's what we did. Well, Shannon, the church she was going to, they hadn't opened back up yet. We had a mutual friend, and she said, I want you to meet my friend Shannon. And I said, I would love to meet your friend Shannon. In fact, um, Shannon and Shannon came. There was another Shannon. There were two Shannons. And they, they, they showed up that day, and my friend introduced me to this Shannon, 
and she said, hi, and she turned around and like, like kind of jogged. It wasn't really a sprint, but it wasn't really a walk away from me. And I went, well, obviously she didn't want to meet me. So, and that was fine. That was fine. But about two months, it took us about two months to hang out, right? And that's what we did. We hung out. That's what you do today. You don't date. You hang out. And we hung out, and we liked hanging out. We liked hanging out, so we hung out again. And I remember on a, there was a Monday night. We were sitting on my back porch, and we were talking, we were talking, we were talking. And I said, you want to hang out tomorrow night? She said, absolutely. I think since that time period, we have been apart maybe three days total. We actually like being around each other. Well, I like being around her. Um, I think I'm growing on her. But anyway, um, so, so we were spending time together, and I started thinking, man, this is, this is going to work. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's some benefits in dating an older guy. Like, like anywhere we go, she gets the kids menu, and I get the senior adult discount. I mean, I've got my AARP card. I can get 10 cents off of the coffee at Hardee's. I mean, there's some benefits, babe. I didn't say any of that this morning. That just hit me. Um, but, but what happened, what happened was um, I got, I remember I got diagnosed with COVID. I got the COVID. And uh, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I'm an introvert. The fact that I had to spend 14 days in solitude, that's like vacation to me. I was like, I wasn't bummed about it. I was like, I don't have to be around. I mean, because I, I am, I'm an introvert. And so I immediately called Shannon. Because I knew if I had COVID, she had COVID. Because I'm going to be honest with y'all, I had kissed that girl right on the mouth. It was awesome. I said, go get tested. She said, I'm, I'm going right now. She called me an hour later. She said, baby. I, I remember I was on FaceTime. I got to set this up. I was on FaceTime. She said, baby. I said, what? She said, I don't have COVID. I said, I'm going to find Anthony Fauci and stick my foot. I mean, I was, I was upset. I was like, how could you not have COVID? She said, baby, I don't know. Maybe I'm immune. I said, that means we can't see each other for two weeks? She said, yeah. I cried. And, I, and it was an ugly cry because men, when we, when we cry, we try not to. And, the, and it starts with the bottom lip. It starts quivering. I was like. <laughs> and then she started crying, so we're both crying on the phone. And she texted me that night. She said, I'm going to get checked again in the morning. I said, you should. <laughs> she went and got checked. She, she called me. She's like, baby, I tested positive. I was like, yes. We both have a disease that could kill us. That is amazing. But for the next two weeks, this was our routine. She would get up. She would, come, she would leave her apartment, come to my house. We would watch TV. Um, we'd eat lunch. We'd go over to her house. We'd watch TV, we'd eat dinner, I'd come home. That was our routine. And I liked spending time with her. So finally, I decided in December, I was like, I'm going to do what the great theologian Beyonce said. I'm going to put a ring on it. And I asked her to marry me, like right in here. We were right in here. And some of y'all were there. I got down on one knee, and I asked her to marry me, and she said yes, and it's great. And we celebrated by going off. Olive Garden, probably not the best place, but we just went. We just, that's where we went. And, and so on May 14th, I, I married her. This is, this is some pictures of what, it, this is 
us getting married. And the reason I put that in there is because you can see the Bishop Cole Farlow <laughs> back there. He crushed, I mean, he did a great job on the nuptials. And then, and then we were happy, we were celebrating. And we, we were, this was a great, great day. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how much fun I had. And then, here's what's crazy. She gave me this ring. And, and you probably can't see it from where you're sitting, it's right there, but I, I, I always keep it on. I never take my ring off. Now, I know this is a point of contention. Some married men say, I, I take my ring off sometimes because it interferes with some of my work. And eh, I mean, it interferes, but, but let's be honest about what, okay, this, we'll save it for the relationship series, all right? I just keep my ring on. I'm, I'm proud to be married. I'm proud to be married to her. I'm, I, I, and this is a symbol of that day. When I look at this ring, I can think back on that day, and I'm, it was so much fun. But let's say, let's say that it didn't go down like that. Let's, let's, say, let's say hypothetically that we met, we started hanging out, but Shannon noticed we weren't spending a lot of time in public. And one day I sat down with her, I said, listen, I, I really like you a lot. And I want to get married, but I'm a private person. I don't like other people knowing my business. And so um, what we're going to do is we're going to go to, like, we'll go to another state to get married. We'll go to Vegas. Elvis can do the wedding, right? And we're going to come back to Anderson. But here's the deal. When we come back to Anderson, we're going to be married. We're going to be married. We're in a relationship. But I need for you to stay at your apartment and I'll live in my house. And then when I need something from you, like that a married man would need, like cleaning the house. What were y'all thinking? Bunch of perverts. All right, so when I, when I need something from you, I will call you, and uh, I expect you to drop what you're doing immediately. Come, come take care of me, and then when you're done taking care of me, you go back to, and then... Every once in a while, I'll send you some flowers or a card or something. Now, there's a couple things going on. Number one, there's men in this room going, is that an option? Like, is that, does that, and then no, it's not, it's not. But, but there's not a woman in this room, if Shannon would have came to you and said, listen, I've been hanging out with Perry, and this is what he said. Do you think it's a good idea? There's not one single woman that would have said, oh, girl, you got to take that. No, it's a, it's a relationship, and and marriage is a public thing. You don't get privately married. It's a public thing. It's a public celebration, which brings me back, because some of y'all are like, Pastor P, I'm so glad we're here. I'm so glad you're up there. Talk. I didn't really show up tonight to hear about your wedding, and that's good because I didn't show up tonight to tell you about it. All of that was a metaphor. For some people in this room, I didn't describe your marriage, but I did just describe your relationship with Jesus. I did. Because, because going public for Jesus is something that's not a suggestion in Scripture. It's a command all through the Scriptures. It's not an option for people that have said, Jesus, you are Lord. And this is where people push back. And they go, well, I'm a private person. And I want a personal relationship. Well, you're, you're kind of in luck because... Jesus wants a deeply personal relationship with us. I mean, there's 8 billion people on the planet, which means he can, get, he can get 
on 8 billion people's different lives. I mean, he can speak to us on a level that we can understand him. I mean, I'm sure, like when I first started going to church, he was speaking to me, and I felt like I was the only person in the church he was speaking to because the pastor seemed to be reading my mail every single week. Sometimes there'll, a song will move somebody. Sometimes it'll be a verse. Sometimes it'll be a prayer. I don't, I don't know, but he speaks to us, and it's very personal. God knows how to get personal with his people. He does. But this is the other part of that sentence. Notice this. Jesus wants a deeply personal relationship with us, but not a private one. Jesus didn't say, establish a relationship with me and hide it for the rest of your life. He called us to be salt. He called us to be light. He said we're like a city on a hill. Um, Philippians says we're like stars in the sky. He called us not to shrink back, but to stand out. And for somebody to say, my relationship with Jesus is just personal and private. Listen, I get it. The problem is that's not an option for a fully devoted follower of Christ. I'll put it to you like this. I love reading the Bible, and I've loved reading the Bible since I was a kid, which is crazy because I wasn't even a Christian. I went to Christian school. My parents put me in an independent Baptist, like, Christian school, and they believed in paddling and reading the Bible. And there was one time where they made me read the Bible while I was getting paddled. I'm not making that up. It was crazy. I still have PTSD from it. And so I've been reading the, I've been reading the Bible for years, and there's parts of it I get. I really do understand. And there's a lot of parts of it that I'm still trying to understand and grasp. I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around. So what I'm about to share with you, I'm going to go ahead and confess, I don't completely understand the totality of the theological ramifications associated with this verse. I just know Jesus said it. Matthew, one of the followers of Jesus, wrote it down, and it's a big deal. I just, want to, I just want to read the verse. Here we go. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly, I got to stop right there. Some of y'all are like, can you, can, can you just read a verse? Nope. I'm a preacher. Jesus said he wants us to go public for him. This is where people push back. They say, I have a problem with that whole public thing. I mean, I asked a guy one time, he's like, I got, a, I got a problem going public. I'm like, is that a, is that an Alabama hat you got on? Because I'm going to go ahead and let you know that God will let you down. People say they're not public and they got their Clemson shirt on or their Georgia shirt on or their Carolina shirt on. And I'm not really a public person. No, you're, you're, a, pub, you're a public person. Jesus, Jesus said, anyone who acknowledges me publicly. In other words, acknowledging Jesus publicly is a big deal, right? Anyone who, he said, anyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But watch this. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. I don't exactly know what that completely means, here's what I do know. I don't want to be in the group that denies him. I don't want to be in that crew. Because whatever happens in heaven between those people and the, and the Father, I, I don't want to be on that team. I want to be on the, the winning team. I want to be on 
team, I'm with Jesus. So, so Jesus, and here's the thing that we got to understand. Everything that Jesus did for us, he did it publicly. He was put on trial publicly. He was beaten publicly. He was crucified naked and bleeding and died publicly. He did all of that for us publicly. And what does he ask us to do when we accept him into our lives? Well, I'm glad you ask. Because in Matthew, Matthew records for us in, in the last chapter of Matthew, Matthew 28, it's called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 16, I love it, and I didn't put it on the screen, but Matthew 28, 16 says, all the apostles gathered around Jesus, but some doubted. In other words, you can worship Jesus and have doubt in your heart at the same time. And Jesus didn't even acknowledge it. He just said this. He said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Next time, CNN, MSNBC, or Fox freaks you out, just know that Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Right? And this is where... This is where the sanctified smart aleck will step up and go, I wish he would exercise some of that authority. Maybe he is. Maybe he's, maybe he's told the world, you want to experience what it's like without me? I'll let you figure it out. You want me out of schools? I'll leave. You, you want me out of these places? I'll leave. Let's see how y'all handle it. How we doing without him? Maybe, maybe, maybe he's going to use all this stuff to may, maybe cause the church to rise up. I'm just a random thought or idea. I've been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. Now, a disciple is somebody that follows Jesus every day. That's it. If, if you make it any more than that, you're, you're putting stuff on it that the Bible don't put on it. That's what a disciple is, somebody that follows Jesus every day. And by the way, when you fall down, you get back up and you keep on following. So, Go and make disciples of all nations. And then he says this, baptizing them. Now, I want to acknowledge right from the start, I am I'm not a smart man. I have to work extra hard. I have to study extra hard just to understand simple concepts. So I really dug into this word years ago when I was trying to figure out the whole baptism thing. And this word right here in the Greek is baptizo. In the original meaning, it means to immerse or to dip underwater, to dunk, to completely submerge. That's what the word means. And so Jesus said, the very first thing, if, if you're going to say Jesus is Lord, the very first thing I want people that confess me as Lord to do is get baptized to go public, to literally declare Jesus is Lord. Let me walk you through what baptism looks like here at Second Chance. And I'm just going to say this. I, we, we do it, to, to, to my best understanding, the way it's done in the Bible. There's 27 references to baptism in the New Testament. Every single one of them was after someone had met Christ and by immersion. So we baptize people after they met Christ, by immersion, we, we, we dunk people. It's awesome. 
Now, for those of y'all getting baptized, let me walk y'all through. Let me walk y'all through a couple things. Let me walk y'all through a couple things because some people missed it this morning. We had a little craziness, but we got through it. I think I pulled my hamstring. I'm not making that up. In just a minute, on either side, I'm going to be over there, and Cole's going to be in the cold pool. We're going we're gonna to set up to baptize, and we're going to ask you a question. Who is your Savior and Lord? There's one answer. Jesus. If you say God, I'll start over. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you love God. But see, God can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But when you speak the name of Jesus, there's no mistaking who you're confessing, right? So I'm going to ask, who is your Savior and Lord? And your answer, I'm giving you the answer to the test, is Jesus. And I'll say upon your confession in Jesus, your Savior and Lord, I baptize you, my brother, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, here's, here's the deal. You got, your, you got your feet on the ground. You keep one foot on the ground. You let the other foot float. It's the float foot. You just remember this technique. Now, here's why this is important. If you remember that float foot, I got you. With this arm right here, I don't care how tall you are. I, I, I can lower you down. I can pull you back up. It's easy. But if you keep both feet on the ground, I will drop you. <laughs> now, I'll pull you back up. I'll get you out of the water. But you ain't taking me down. Funny thing is, a guy did take me down this morning. He took me out. He was so excited. He got in the, ba he got in the baptistry, and he fell, and he fell on me, and he hugged me, and I just went down with him. And after I baptized him, he said, thank you for baptizing me. I said, thank you for baptizing me. I've never, I got baptized in my own church. I guess, I guess I needed it again. Probably didn't hurt. <laughs> now, here's the deal. Some people are like, I, I see, Pastor P, I, I did the baptism thing. I was, I was a baby, and my parents took me, and let me just, let me stop you right there. That was a dedication service. That wasn't baptism. That wasn't biblical baptism. I'm not cracking on anybody. I'm just telling you, it's not baptism in the scripture, and you don't remember it. You're a baby. You're probably sleeping. They had you in this white gown. They took you up. The priest took some water. You were like, probably your first cuss word right there, right there when you got baptized. And some people are like, well, I got baptized at my grandma's church when I was like nine years old. Um, but then, then I met Christ, like when I was in high school or college, or maybe you've met Christ here at Second Chance. Maybe you, you've prayed the prayer at the end of the service and you've raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand because you're a private person. But you know you've prayed to receive Christ and you're like, what do I do next? You get baptized. Pastor P, I'm scared of water. I get it. But... We, we hadn't lost anybody. <laughs> I did do an ocean baptism one time that got a little crazy, but like you're, you're safe in this water. I had a lady tell me one time, and I, when you turn 50, you lose your filter. And Jesus is trying to help me in that area. But I, I had a lady tell me one time, she, she said, I would, I would love to get baptized, but it's going to mess up my hair, hair and makeup. I said, okay. I said, that's fine. You go stand at the foot of a bloodstained cross and tell a naked, dying Savior about your hair and makeup and see, I mean, really? 
And then, this morning we did what we're going to do tonight. We just told people, if you need to get baptized, let's go. And I watched a man in a wheelchair come down this aisle. And five men got around him and picked him up and put him in the baptistry. And I'm like, anybody really got an excuse right now? Anybody want to talk about how it's inconvenient? It was, it was awesome. And the reason I'm pushing it, you're like, Pastor B, why are you pushing this so hard? I'm just telling you what Jesus said. He said, baptizing them. Jesus, this is the first step. And for some people, this could be your breakthrough. Because you've prayed and you asked Jesus as Lord. He wants to be in your life, not just a part of your life. He wants to be your life every single day. And some people are like, I don't understand why I can't get a breakthrough. Well, how in the world can he trust us with things over there when we won't even do the very first thing he's asked us to do? Go public in baptism. Go public. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, I get it because some people are like, why is this such a big deal? Because of what it represents. Paul said this in Romans. He said, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. That's awesome. So when the person is standing there, we're literally reminded that Jesus came to this earth. As they're lowered down and they go under the water, we call it the water grave. We're reminded that Jesus died on a cross and was buried for our sins. And when they come out of the water, it's symbolic of the fact that the, that the grave couldn't hold him, that he's alive today. He came back to life. And because he's alive, we can have life. <laughs> Somebody told me one time, they're like, Pastor B, I don't, I don't feel worthy to get baptized. I'm like, you know what that means, right? That means you're ready. Because I, I want worthy. It's not like God's got a gold char start in heaven. All right, you got five stars. You can go. You can go. No. Baptism is the first step we take. I'm I want to clean my life up. No, no, no. When you pray to receive Christ, he cleans you up from the inside. This is just a public proclamation of what Jesus has done. Because it's also a reminder when, you, when you're standing there and you're lower down and you go under that water, it's, it's a rem reminder that you're dead to your old life. And when you come out of that water, it's symbolic of the fact that Jesus Christ has made you brand new. And we're going to baptize tonight, and it's going to be amazing. So we can, he said, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. That's what this represents. So here's a second chance. I don't know what you're used to. Here's a second chance. We clap and we cheer and we celebrate after every baptism. I went to a church one time. <laughs> I'm a bit of a rule breaker. Um, and, and I went to this church to see a friend get baptized. And the pastor was like, we're going to withhold all applause until all the baptisms. Are done. And I didn't. I just clapped and cheered because I didn't care. What are they going to do? Kick me out? Just could happen. But, hey, that's a. No, hold on for a second. It, there, like, maybe you're here tonight and you felt like you've been kicked out by religion. We were good. You can move from religion to relationship and identify with Jesus tonight through baptism. It's not a bad thing. 
I'm just, I'm just saying tonight that in a few minutes, we're going to do baptism. There's going to be a line right here. There's going to be a line right here. We're going to clap and we're going to cheer after every single person gets baptized. But there's some of y'all in this room. You don't need to sit there or stand there and clap and cheer. You need to get in line and get baptized tonight. You need to get in line. Well, do y'all, do y'all have any, anything for me? We'll give you a towel. Give you a towel. If, if, if the toughest thing that Jesus ever asked you to do is drive home in wet clothes, you're going to have a good life. What are these people going to think? These people? Our people? They go a little bit crazy over stuff like this. And we've had people respond. So, so I just want you, I just want you to have the courage right now to ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Father, I pray right now over these next few moments that the posture and the position of our hearts would be surrender. God, that we would be willing to listen to your voice and say yes to what you're calling us to do. And Jesus, may you move over this place like a mighty rushing wind.